Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at No Clutch Nate. And I'm Rebecca Johnson. You can find me on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. I'm one of the co-hosts of Supergirl Radio. I'm a contributor to Justice League Universe Podcast. And I've read 38 of the top critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes about Dawn of Justice. And I am not getting those hours of my life back. So uh, if you ever want to know what they said, I can tell you. Uh, it's a bold order. Yeah. <laughs> I might have lost some IQ points. And that's oh, that's really bad because I didn't have a lot to begin with. So uh, I don't know if that was a worthy study, but we'll see. Just fighting the good fight, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, today on Dawn of Justice Minute, we're talking about minute number 28, uh, which starts with an elevator descending into somewhere. And then the minute's going to end with screenshots on a computer of a man's face and tattoos. Hmm. No name yet, but the minute—the name is said in this minute. Um, but you know, let's start with uh, this elevator. So, uh, who do we see coming down this elevator? Good old Brucey, or Batman. All right. How do you how do you refer to him? I I am the one that knocks. <laughs> goes, <laughs> I could, you could have said it. I pref- I prefer Bruce. I don't know why. I mean, like, there's I'll I'll start to say Batman. You'll catch me at at times, but I'm I'm I don't know. When it comes to like comic book and superhero characters, I'm a- always one to call them by like their uh, real name. Yeah, I don't want to say birth name or anything like that, but birth name. Birth name. Yeah, probably. But uh, I mean, when the need arises, mm-hmm. I'll call them by their hero name. Yeah, I distinguish I distinguish between the two when like so for example Bruce Wayne in the scene is in his civilian clothes, he's in this all all black suit, which is very mm-hmm. reminiscent of Batman, but he is Bruce Wayne in his suit, his everyday normal Bruce Wayne clothing, so I would call him Bruce Wayne in the scene, but if he's in his Batman bat suit, then I would call him Batman. If he's got the cowl on, I would call him Batman. So that's how I distinguish between the two. So, like, that's, yeah, like, that seems what I, I feel like um, should be the norm. The norm, I guess. But um, I don't know. I feel like I'm the weird guy where it's, like, that makes, weird. that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, like, Bruce Wayne died yeah. in order for Batman See, that's to what live. I'm so it's, like, he's always, like, the Bru- Bruce Wayne is the facade that you get at the parties and the Playboy and the, you know, the show face kind of thing. It's, yeah. like, because that, that has to be Bruce Wayne. You have to have the separation between Batman and Bruce mm. Wayne. When he's, you know, any other time outside of the limousine or the nice car and the red carpet, that's Batman. Yeah. And then he'll have to, you know, because it's all in his mind. Like so, when like, even when he is, you know, we see later on in this movie, he is... He gets into a Batman mindset when he's in civilian clothes, I guess. Yeah. I just know. I, like, I still like to call him Bruce, but. Yeah, because it's a little easier to say than yeah, Batman. Yeah. Um, no. But like here, I, I feel like, you know, this is definitely Batman, in my opinion. And then like when we see him talking with uh, Diana Prince and, you know, at the museum and whatnot, then then we know that that's still Batman and stuff. But then when he's at, you know, like at the party, yeah. talking to like Mercy Graves and stuff, like it's that's Bruce a Bruce Wayne, Wayne yeah. facade that, you know, he has to pretend that he's still Bruce Wayne technically. A complex character deserves a complex... Uh, Method? Title? Method? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, let's talk about this Batcave because uh, this is the first time we're going to be seeing... The DC Extended Universe's Batcave, which I know we've seen plenty of Batcaves throughout history, you know. Um, But this one is done at this, it's almost done like any other classic Batcave. Um, But there is a more kind of minimalism to it. And modern. Yeah, but like architecturally too. styled. Yeah, modern, you know what I mean. A uh, cool note about this whole Batcave was Patrick Tatopoulos, like the set designer. He has everything suspended from like the ceiling. Yeah. So kind of like how a bat hangs from the ceiling. Oh, good so, on like, you. All the tables and stuff, <laughs> and like the the they all hang from the ceiling. Yeah, they 
oh, the legs like are from like, the, okay, I get from what the you ceiling mean. and they yeah. come down. So like, it's like can, a workshop. Yeah, there's a certain character that's not Batman in the scene that's working on a table and the table legs are attached to the ceiling instead of on the ground. The it's only cool. thing on the ground is Batman's chair because they couldn't do that. <laughs> he couldn't have. Yeah, he literally <laughs> was like, it just didn't look right. So, and he needed. Yeah, then it'd be like the Ton Wee chair. Yeah, he needed to be able to like roll from one desk to another and stuff like that. And if it's fixed on the ceiling, then he can't. I made a mistake. Ton Wee doesn't sit down on the chair. So no, the it'd other be one. a Kaminoan chair. But was that Lama Sorry. Sue? Uh, yeah, Lama Sue. Yeah. Etch a sketch. Sorry, wrong show. <laughs> I just didn't want to sound like a fool. One of them Kaminoans. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. Yeah, that's my cool, interesting fact about the Batcave. We see some. I didn't know that. Some cool stuff in this Batcave. You want to talk about those? Uh. Anyone? Yeah. I mean, this we see it more so in later minutes, but this is kind of we get a quick glimpse of uh some really big glass walls. And a cool staircase. I don't know what part. I'm looking at nine seconds. I don't know what your yeah, part you're looking at. It sounded like you were going to talk about something specific and then you just never said it. Oh, is that? That's the story of my life, Mark. Come on, keep up. <laughs> Do you not want to talk? Rebecca, did you spot anything interesting in this minute? Well, in the uh, the nice wide shot that we get of the bad cave, the bat cave, you can see the the Robin suit um, mm-hmm. towards towards the right. You can see um, all of the the techno gadgets from afar. And what I was really struck by was all the water that was in the bat cave. Yeah. And I, I think later in the film, you see why there might be water in the bat cave. Uh, but I thought that that was a nice touch. That it's not. It has all this modern technology and all of these things that are really high tech, but then it also has this kind of grungy feeling of you're in a cave. Yeah. There are rocks in the in the elevator and there's water everywhere. So it's not it it sort of looks glamorous in some parts, but it's still really dirty and grungy and grimy and uh it, it definitely gives off that vibe that you're in a cave, which I, I think is a good mixture. I think what's so interesting about this bat cave is like normally with bat caves, it's like, uh, and we see it in the Dark Knight Rises as well. But it's 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 very little as far as like um, how much they've built. Like what we're looking at in this wide shot at nine seconds in is the staircase to kind of go down to like you have this long bridge where the bat mobile would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a computer there, and then there's just like an L-shaped hallway. I think above the Batmobile that. is there. It's like got like a cover on yeah, it. Yeah, it's maybe there. It doesn't have a cover. Yeah, I see it in it, front it, of the TV. But then you just have this L-shaped hallway, and then the gadget Work, yeah, suit workshop. gear. Yeah. yeah, or I don't know what that's called. And is the this armory. the? Is this all of it? Is there more? No, I think that's, that's all it. of it. That I it, wonder if he has things like in the wall, like hidden rooms in the walls. He's got to. Come on. Like well, this, I, you think this is like the it. minimalistic? Well, I like cave? that if it, it would be just this because then it's like that shows you that two guys built that and I I can believe that. Yeah, and then I Dark guess. Knight Rises, it's just like a base. It's just like a it's like a uh, podium with like a computer and that's it. Remember that? And it's just that. Rises. Uh, when he's uh, analyzing Bane and oh, also yeah, looking up yeah. files of Selena Kyle. Yeah. So it's just it was just like that. Um, so I've always liked those kind of minimal styles, uh, and not like the, where it's like trophy room. Yeah. Or, you know, I guess I'm not like insulting like the animated series or anything. Right. But I just like this more believable. Like I like, yeah. I mean, the whole reason why I like this movie so much and this version of Batman, because it is believable. mm -hmm. Like it's just so realistic. I guess. Yeah. You don't. Um, you don't. You don't think it's believable to have a big giant dinosaur and a big giant penny in the back Well, cave? I mean, that's the I only. I mean, everybody thing that's has. Missing. Yeah, everybody has those in their in yeah. their basements. I mean, come on. What dinosaur do you have? I got a Dilophosaurus. <laughs> a Dilophosaurus? I like a Stegosaurus. Nice. Like Stegosaurus. Yeah. Good one. I like those. I like a Stegosaurus. My favorite herbivore. I got socks with Stegosaurus <laughs> on them. Yeah. But they're like uh, tacos. It's oh. like oh, the Stegosaurus. Yeah, you Stegosaurus. Yeah. Cool. They're pretty <laughs> rad. Um, yeah. I did want to point out that Rebecca pointed out um, all the water. Um, there is, you know, like the waterfall coming off like that building. Batman and bat caves and waterfalls go hand in hand. So Yeah, because he's always another... chasing waterfalls. Oh, good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I mean, there's always a waterfall typically in, in the inner or around the bat cave, be it an entrance, uh, 
this one I think we get it in both an entrance and in here. So this is wait 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 no 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 in oh. this one it's a reverse waterfall to get in because it goes up it's under it's on it goes up don't but oh, are, sorry. We, are we talking we're, about that now no we're, we're not talking about it? that now I'm just saying waterfalls go hand in hand with it yeah I believe it um so you know he's he's walking he comes down the elevator so wait let me try and because I'm trying to find where this elevator came from because I'm guessing it's over by where the robin or the armory statue or armory room so uh once he comes down i guess he can either go right to like the computer area the computer room you know when you had to dedicate a room of your house to the computer your parents you had to ask your parents before you could use the computer remember those days <laughs> um mine was in a closet yeah nate lived in a closet when he was young yeah uh harry potter mm. style uh, or you can go left and you can take the stairs down to the armory. So I'm guessing right. that's the layout. Does the elevator go one more layer down, do you think, as well? Like if no. you wanted to get to the bottom level of the armory, like could you just take the elevator all no, the way down? No, I think you, it only stops there and then you take the stairs down. And Why it, is that? Because it looks like if you went straight down, then there would be a computer there. And it looks like there's stuff on the wall underneath it. You see it? Maybe. The whole computer down there, and there's armory, the stuff on the left wall. Maybe of that there's armory. like a safety f- issue or something where, like, or maybe it's like a security thing where it's like you don't want the elevator to go all the way down to the armory. You yeah. want you want to be able to have to access it by stair. That way, you can have, I don't know, maybe one layer of security as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? One way in, one way out. Yeah, one of those things. Because you can't wait. When the Batmobile leaves to go out of the lake, yeah, it goes up out of the lake. It goes out, yeah. So it opens up and then it dips out. What are you talking about? I don't know. I this, guess I'm, <laughs> I'm assu- this. I, I think you know we're sub sub terranean right now. We're underwater. Yeah, I think that's we're why the, the lake. Yeah, so that's why partially why the it's probably like an aqueduct kind of thing. Hmm. Or, you know, it's a cave, man. I don't know. We live in Florida. <laughs> we don't know caves very well, so we're just speaking no, nonsense. No, if there was a sinkhole, we would understand that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, so we see Bruce Wayne. He's walking to the computer area, and uh, we see uh, an, an, another person in this back cave. Oh, sorry. Who is this person? It's a fine gentleman. That's who that person is. Um, you want me to just jump into it? Yeah. <clears throat> That's a uh, good old Alfred Pennyworth. Everybody clap, 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 applause. Yay, yeah. Alfred. Um, so Alfred is and always has been and will always be um, the right-hand man to and Batman. usually in the and right. Bruce Wayne. And in the, yeah, always, always. I mean, if you don't know who Alfred Pennyworth is, knock, knock, you've been living under a rock. Did that <laughs> rhyme? I think so. Yeah. You're, you're a poet. Um, there you go. Uh, well, just much like uh, Alfred is uh, could be considered a poet. I think so. He's a very uh, he comes from acting and military. Yeah, two things that go hand There's, in hand. Yeah, so um, Alfred is a very uh, uh, a good guy to have in your back pocket. He is arguably the one thing that's keeping this guy. Batman and Bruce Wayne alive. You know, yeah, he he is the end all be all answer to. Bruce Wayne's um, dilemma and curse. I don't want to overtalk anyone. So, uh, Rebecca, if you have any thoughts about Alfred, we'd love to hear them. <laughs> I think it's neat that you mentioned that he might have a little bit of acting yeah. uh, experience behind it. It definitely seems like he has some skills that he's showing us in this minute. He's He's rewiring things. So I don't know if I don't know if he would have any like engineering background. Uh, Alfred in the comics has you know mm-hmm. experience with uh, what is it MI six something like that. Like he's had yeah his, MI six um, and seven. Yeah, so so Alfred could have all of these skills that he's he's showing us here, and I I think the acting part of it is related to the Funnel Fairy Butter Bar, which I had to look up because I was like, what is that? I don't yeah. understand that. So I think the internet seems to think it's like a vocal exercise. I've never heard an yeah. actor do that. Um, but but I like that he uses that to sort of test out the voice modulator of 
the, I, I guess that's for the armored bat suit. Is that is that the cow that goes uh, with the armored bat suit? It's all of it. No, I don't think the armored bat suit has been a theory. I mean, it's probably in like you know early stages, but I don't think it's been uh, implemented yet. It's just his normal voice changer. You know, he's oh, not okay. going about the Christian Bale. Uh, let me just have a horse voice or whatever he's you know he has a voice he has a throat changer and i did do the same internet research and uh i don't know if you just search google and you'll probably find the same thing that i found it's that since the voice is on his neck that funnel fairy butter bar is a uh, um a vocal exercise to use the, the 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 front of your mouth like your lips and your tongue the tip of your tongue uh, more so than like the back of your throat kind of thing. So, so it doesn't get too bassy. So it doesn't get too bassy. Um, so <laughs> he was thinking like if you know if it's picking it up good enough, well enough uh, on the throat from doesn't a mouth from a front of the mouth exercise, then it should be fine. Yeah. But like if you know if he was doing it and it was sounding distorted, then he'd be like, okay, something's wrong with the microphone. So I think the microphone. Okay, first first of all, it establishes that this Batman uses a microphone, which is smart, and is not changing his own voice yeah a la christian bale um in the dark knight series yeah but the microphone you know he says after he does the test he he realizes nothing's wrong with it he goes there's nothing wrong with the microphone which i think what it is is like the microphone's already used in the regular bat suit so he knows that that technology has been tested it's tried and true um but then he's like it's this new layer of armor which the armor itself is foreshadowing to a later part in the film. Um, but it shows that, you know, that that microphone is a thing that they've always been working with. So there's nothing wrong with it. It's just a rewiring of this new thing, this new technology on top of it. Hmm. Um, I like that. I like that they have to test it, though, because it sort of makes me wonder what, what were the beginning stages of the voice modulator? Was it like, undiscernible or indiscernible whatever that word is like would would they would they test it and be like i can't understand what you're saying alfred that that doesn't make any sense uh so i'm it's one of those things where i guess you have to get that right because what if batman is out on the streets of gotham city and he's trying to talk to somebody and they they don't know what he's saying so i can understand why that you would need to get that voice modulator just right and i mean it's i've never been one to um to to imagine batman going around using a normal voice like going like uh, it's weird because like we you know especially uh our, amongst us and our peers we grew up on the animated series which mm-hmm. was just you know kevin conroy just doing his normal kevin conroy batman he didn't change his voice he was bruce wayne and he was batman with the same voice um it wasn't until like maybe they changed it a little bit up in justice league and unlimited where like you know when bruce was in when kevin was doing bruce wayne he was a little bit more uppity than he was like uh monotone i don't know it doesn't mm-hmm. matter so what was i getting at i like that the they, voice is like a changed i've always been a fan of the distorted voice because i'm always yeah. a fan of batman being a superstitious demon and like mm-hmm. if he has mm-hmm. to like talk to somebody especially talk to criminals you're gonna want to be terrified of what's coming out of this guy's mouth like, yeah. first off right. you're thinking like this is a demon that flies and punishes criminals you know it's obviously not a man but then you kind of break that layer of him not flying and like questioning you it yeah. still has to be fearsome. That's the fearful. Word. Fearful. No. Fear inducing. The criminal would be fearful. Fearsome. Yeah. Fearsome mm. is him. Fearsome. Him. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was thinking like it would be like kind of interesting to see a year one uh, Batman in this universe of him like trying to use the modulator. You know, I always like Bruce. Uh, Christian Bale's year one, like with the with the ski mask and the stapler. Yeah, I always liked that. He didn't change his voice so much. He just was like whispering and stuff. I don't know why. But he was trying to hide his voice a little bit. But you know, I think it would be kind of funny to to see them in like a scene where he's trying to use the modulator, but like no one can understand what he's saying because oh, yeah. it's like it's too <laughs> distorted. And like I wonder if that would add to like the myth of him being some sort of vampire because people don't understand what noise this thing is making at him. It'd be terrifying. And like this Ooh, like Batman thing was is just like screeching at them. Yeah. Like, that'd yeah. be kind of cool. And then, like, add it to, like, his mythology by accident. I need to... <laughs> I'm going to write that down. That's a good idea. Yeah, when you write that GCPD book. I think that's a really good idea. Do the eyes of the GCPD and... Don't steal... Like, don't, guys, listening, like, don't steal my idea, all right? I'm like, <laughs> yo, that thing does not speak English. It's, like, saying some weird stuff, you I know? 
Um, okay. uh, this is uh, sp- going aside from this. This is one of my favorite um, segments sections of this movie. Everything about uh, Ben Affleck and Jeremy Irons. Um, by the way, we didn't even mention it's Jeremy Irons. I'm I still was going to say that. Can we? S- okay, we'll stick to Alfred Pennyworth. Side note: This is some of my favorite moments in this movie, just because this Batcave feels so gosh darn real, and the tone. And it's fitting, like, it's Batman fitting perfectly into his Batcave sense. I don't know. We're going on. Um, let's still talk about Alfred a little bit. Yeah, so he's uh, he's played by Jeremy Irons. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know him from... Scar? Yeah. Okay. Lion King. <laughs> uh, and he's also... He's in a lot more than that. He plays, uh, is it Hans Gruber's brother or something? Yeah. Simon Gruber? Yep. Gruber? It's Brava. Yeah, that's that cool. was not that was a Simon Gritton. <laughs> die, Don't Die Hard with a Vengeance. What is that? The third one? What'd you say? Yeah, you've never seen that one. I've only seen the. That's first. one with Samuel Jackson, man. No, that's Lethal Weapon Four. Don't you're gonna <laughs> piss a lot of people off. <laughs> um, I also wrote down some interesting notes because um, I was kind of you know they're they're both very old guys in this film. Seasoned, Mark. Yeah, Come on, seasoned. Like, they're distinguished gentlemen. Like well seasoned chicken anyways do we i wrote down do we know how old alfred is here um and then i i went back and i kind of did some notes so there's no there's no date of birth for alfred in this yeah no there's you're not really supposed to know how old alfred is so i just went off he has birthdays i went based off of jeremy iron's birthday and he would be 67 Mm -hmm. which seems reasonable but is that 67 that's jeremy irons is 67 in this film and in this moment and ben affleck is 43 filming 43 like in right now in this moment in this scene batman is 43 jeremy irons is 67 what you can't ben affleck is 43 batman is i'm saying the character you're just gonna base it off of jeremy irons age all right just go for it (laughs) so thomas wayne would have been 73 which puts you know so he would have been 73 right now? Yeah. So, like, when Thomas Wayne died, like, you know, Alfred was only, like, six years younger. Yeah. Six Which years younger than what? Right. Six years younger than what he is now. He's no, six that's years not younger true. than Thomas Wayne. Oh, okay. But he's 23 years older than Batman. So, so when how old was Alfred when... Bruce was born? He was 23. When Bruce... Well, yeah. Okay. Does that seem reasonable? I think it seems... I, I can buy it. I don't see. I don't know. Because, like, he was in the military. Yeah, and you and could he was your... a part of, like, the Shakespeare's, Shakespearean society. And uh, started that probably started jumping around as, like, a secret agent for MI6. But then do you leave the military at 23? I guess if you start at, like, 16, yeah. like, he probably did. Maybe even, like, 13 or 14 back in old England. I don't he know was what born do in 1948, there. Jeremy Irons. So again, I'm going with his birth date. It's a so it's it's all Cold War era esque is what his um yeah I remember reading that somewhere uh something Cold War has a really big influence and in, we talked about or it. maybe Korean War. Sure, that's that's the war that my grandfather fought in. Yeah, um, <laughs> but personal. you know if Alfred is 67 here and Batman is 43, yeah. I can I can believe those. I gotta say something now. I'm I'm a I'm a huge fan of Jeremy Irons as um, Alfred Pennyworth and uh, Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne and the Me two too. of them together. It just it, everything fits. It's it's pretty pretty amazing. But I've always had a favorite quote. Uh, one of my I write down my, my you know favorite comic book quotes in my phone, and a lot of them are from Batman. Um, and one of my favorite ones that I wrote down and always think about like all the time is one that was said by Alfred. Um, and I, I, people are going to yell at me because I can't remember what, when he said it or what book it was. And I don't know why I don't have any, you just have the quote itself. itself, And then like, I I got it down and then like went about my day. Um, all right. So Alfred, uh, was addressing Bruce at the time and he says, um, uh, what I'm saying is if you play Batman, right. They won't want to figure out who's beneath the cow. The key, and you're doing it. Uh, you're playing him beautifully. If you do, if I do say so myself. I said that really weird. I broke that up. He's pretty much stating that, like, you know, he's doing a good job. Of- he's doing a good job at being Batman. And it was in a storyline where Batman was doubting that 
the people of Gotham City mm -hmm. um, were kind of seeing him as not their hero as, as pretty much just Batman and he mm -hmm. was just like a failure. So that was the end of that quote. That was the end of the quote. Oh, I'm okay. sorry. It was, I kind of said it in a really, I thought there was more way. to it. That's no, there cool. wasn't more to it. I'm terrible at speaking. That's <laughs> oh, why I have a fine. podcast. <laughs> nah, I enjoyed it. That's a good quote. Um, so that was a lot to talk about. I too am a huge fan of this Alfred. He's not my favorite Alfred I, for some reason, although I'm not a huge fan of the show Gotham. I think that's probably my favorite Alfred. This is something yeah. about that Alfred. He's like the saving grace of that show. I, in my I opinion. Some people might like that show. I'm sorry if I offended you. Don't don't be offensive. <laughs> I'm gonna say I think this is my favorite Alfred. Yeah. What yeah. about you, Rebecca? Uh yeah. I mean, all Alfreds have been pretty. We've we've had some good Alfreds. I think uh, this one I really like because he is very much a partner to Bruce in exactly. the whole Batman mm -hmm. situation. He's not just the guy who brings him his breakfast although he does in this minute i think he brings him like <laughs> orange juice and maybe some coffee i don't know yeah what all it, what, what does what does bruce wayne eat for breakfast that's what i want to know Something um but he's just pills yeah. <laughs> well that's true he does uh, i shouldn't laugh about that he he does have a pill problem in this movie uh -huh. um but uh, i like that he he plays sort of the typical alfred butler role a little bit but he's more so part of the Batman operation. He plays yeah. a significant part in creating the technology and theorizing with Bruce. He does that a little bit, trying to figure out who um, the white Portuguese, Portuguese is. And I think Alfred is really smart because I think he makes the uh, the uh, the theory sort of, he, he questions it to the point where I think he's right. Um, but I like that he is part of what Bruce is doing and he's very much the conscience uh, for Bruce and I you know, of course all Bruce Wayne's need an Alfred to call them on their crap <laughs> um, so I, I really like that they they really nail the dynamic between Bruce and Alfred yeah he's gonna be doing a lot of that yeah in these two minutes that's why he's I mean he's, he's calling he's perfect out for it. Batman you know I'll go ahead and say it I don't care for Michael Caine's Alfred Pennyworth oh he made me cry it's I, not even I felt the emotions with that one he's very emotional but he's a good actor like Rebecca said it, he brings him his breakfast. That's pretty much what Michael Caine did. He brought him his breakfast and made jokes. It was it. Think about it. He was. He was. Think about he it. He was good, Michael Caine. It was really good, Michael Caine. Just not. He, he was. The best he probably his best suit was probably being on the phone ordering supplies from the vendors, saying like, "Hey, you got the really super graphite cow? Let me get that." Yeah, and that's he did. It. He did help set up the Batman. He did. He did help set up those operations. And I think Michael Caine's Alfred served more to to give the heart to the films and and to Bruce's character and what he was going through. So I I think you can you can play Alfred in in a lot of different ways. Oh, I'm sure. I wasn't doubting Michael Caine's like acting by any means. Who am I? But you know, Do I just don't really care for that Alfred. Does um. Does only Alfred is Alfred the one making the tech for this Batman or did they, I think it's a team effort. They both are proficient yeah, in creating the tech. Absolutely. Yeah, cuz he to to do what he's doing right now, that, that they they both have to know exactly what's going on. It's not like Bruce can be in the field and like, you know, something go wrong with the suit and him not know how to fix it and always be like, yeah. Alfred, what's wrong? No, like I didn't know if there was like one person is like if they both have what is it like they both are jack of all trades or if they're both like one's more proficient in this and the other one's proficient in that like i think they have to be all around the best both on at, the same page yeah, they have to be i mean it's a two-man operation at this point now and yeah. they've been doing it for 20 years maybe 20 years well yeah we know that but um so uh bruce walks by alfred he says you're still working you're getting slow in your old age alfred and then Alfred responds with, uh, comes to us all, Master Wayne, even you got too old to die young. Yeah. And not for lack of trying. Um, this has been a line that to this day, uh, I have very a hard time trying to understand what that means. Really? Yeah. I, I say this, I've been saying this line in my head sometimes, sometimes when I'm driving. Yeah. I think about this line because uh, I, I just, I have a hard time uh, what does he, he says? And not for lack of trying. Yeah. So what is he saying? Like, so Bruce Wayne is old as well. Let me, let me roll up my sleeves here. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's a, it's like a double negative thing. It's it? so, like it's, I said before, in order for Batman to live, Bruce Wayne has to die. 
that's a really heavy burden to to that's a really that's a lot of weight that one man is going to have on his shoulders that's still living he has to live a double life so with that bruce wayne has always been on the side of bruce wayne cannot exist i have to be 100% batman and yet Alfred Pennyworth is saying, no, you have to play both characters, like I just said with my quote there Wait, that I like. I think we're, so, are we talking about the same thing? We're talking about the same thing. I'm sorry. It's a bigger uh, bigger <laughs> explanation. So I've always been the one to think that um, Bruce Wayne has always been the one to think <laughs> that he is okay with you know, dying in the line of duty as Batman and everything. So he always throws himself into situations where it's like, hey... That's you're gonna die. That's suicidal. Like you're you're gonna die. Batman always cheats death. So there's always like that, you know. Well, without lack of trying, like you did jump headfirst into this massive whatever you did, and for some reason you were able to walk out alive. So Bruce Wayne and his idea of uh, uh, what is it? His his value of his own life has gone out the window many years ago. So he's always been the one to think like I don't care if I die. I'm going to go there. And now he's gotten to be so old where he still has that mindset that Alfred is just like, hey, man, I'm done with it. I'm washing my hands. Like, I don't care if you die or not. Like, if you think you're going to die, you're going to die. But you know you can't. Uh, so yeah. he's kind of like, you know, like shrugging <laughs> it off. It's like, dude, like, come on. Like, you know, you, you've gotten too old to die, long, die young, even lack of trying. Like, you've been running around in a bat suit for 20 years, jumping off roofs of buildings. Like, you're asking to kill yourself. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I think Alfred at this point in their careers as vigilantes, I think he is participating in this with Bruce because I I think it's one of those things where like he does it so he can keep an eye on what Bruce is doing. He might not agree with everything that he's doing and he probably does think he's suicidal. Like he's tried to kill himself and I think Alfred uh, sees this as somewhat harmful, but he's like, well, I'm going to do this with you so I can keep an eye on what you're doing and keep you on the straight and narrow. And I actually, even though that that is really serious about like him questioning Bruce and, and whether or not he's trying to commit suicide. And that actually, I think comes up later in some later minutes that y'all will get to, but somewhere in there, I think there's a joke in this that I find this line very funny. And I was led to believe that there was only one joke in this movie. So this (laughs) might be it. This might be that one joke. Um, But I think it's actually a really, that's it. No, what was this? is this the one that this is the joke? Yeah, well, I get. I guess this is the one joke because it, people tell me that there's only one joke in this movie, so maybe this is it. I don't know. Um, but I actually think it's really snarky of Alfred. It's him yeah. uh, sort of covering up his disdain for what Bruce does, but he does it in this sarcastic manner that actually makes me laugh. Like yeah. he, he he's 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 doing it to try to maybe make himself feel better. Maybe it's a self defense mechanism. I don't know. Um, but I think that some people sort of, if they had problems with the way humor was used in this movie, I think maybe they didn't catch that some of these things were funny. And I know that comedy is very subjective. People like different things and people think different things are funny. But I, I, I always take this line as, a, as somewhat of a joke. Yeah, it's, I it's, mean, there's yeah, definitely that, humor in what he's saying. It's supposed to be like snarky, like you said. Yeah, and I mean, Perry White has humor all over this film so yeah i don't know what the one joke thing was all about what was the other one there's also another alfred joke yeah with, uh, how best to describe it Remember that's it, oh yeah say. that's a good one with the yo, hold on whoa pump the brakes <laughs> yeah um, spoiler alert yeah so there are the two other? jokes in this movie there are <laughs> oh two my. jokes i think there's a lot this more is, as well we um jokes uh, I think so. There's because then he also says, um, you know, as if there'll be a next generation, yeah. the next generation of Waynes. Yeah. Oh, my, again, my about mind the wine is blown cellar. Now. Yeah. My mind is blown. Um, I don't know, but it also plays the fact like maybe Jeremy Irons is like, like that really that that older gentleman that can crack a joke, but it's so like under under the radar that it's like, well, that that guy just make a joke. Like, mm-hmm. It's kind of like one of those things. I don't I don't know. He's fantastic. I never. My question, I guess. You guys understand the what he's saying, and I love both y'all responses. I was always just having a hard time understanding the grammar of it because I never understood what he meant by, uh, and I still try to think about it. It's like even you got too old to die young, so it's like so at this point Bruce Wayne is old, yeah, and then he says, and not for lack of trying, because so he was he like was crazy in trying, his twenties. He was not. Trying yeah, I think to, that's part of it. He was not trying to die young. 
No, no, no he was for not trying. for lack of trying. When he was Batman Year One, he was jumping off roofs of buildings in a city, like that's and dressing up like a bat. That's so that's just asking said, to kill yourself. Like, come on. He should have said, "Even killed, you got sorry. too old to die young." Yeah. He's thinking like, how not, could Batman have lasted twenty years? Like, come on, man. I think the sentence just bothers me. I can't get my head around it. It makes perfect sense to me, man. Uh, Go to get, read a book. Jeez. <laughs> I, I don't know why that. It's like it's just the sentence seems so weirdly structured to me, and and it's not the whole thing. It's just the and not for lack of trying. I always try to wrap yeah. my head around that. This is a really long episode, and we haven't even gotten to other characters. It's okay. We're, <laughs> we 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 did the funnel fairy butter bar thing um, already, so we're done with that part. Um, so you know we get past that. Then he starts bringing Alfred his or Batman his glass of orange juice and. It looks like a French press next to it or something. It's like yeah, I don't know. That's that's what it looked like to me. Like some sort of tea and orange juice, like a liquid breakfast of some sort. Because maybe Bruce Wayne doesn't like eating. Well, like I mean, it's those like protein shakes, man. Yeah, it's like whatever keeps his body uh, well metabolized. Is yeah. that a term? Uh, well, you know what is interesting in this minute as well. The whole minute is interesting. Um, was that I was going to talk about the the time that has passed. This is literally uh, the the very next day of the minutes from minute sixteen through twenty with Batman interrogating the uh, human trafficker. I got to say something. I don't know why. Yeah, sure. Hang on. I'm pause. Hold hold on. I want to go back because I just paused it at a random second and I'm looking at the actual uh, new armor that you guys were talking about. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever put this together. Um, you guys said it's part of the 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 suit, the suit later on in the movie. Um, I'm looking at this. This looks oh, is that supposed to be like the under layer on top of like the big bulky thing that you guys are thinking? Or to me, this is looking a lot like the new design for the Justice League suit. Good so is this I. is this supposed to be? I thought about that too, but Did then you? I. I, I I said, you know, no, nah, they're talking about this is the armor and later on. Like you film. would think that it's like, but, oh, yeah. for this new layer of armor, like, oh, he does get another suit. When I was but taking notes, still... I looked at it and I was like, wait, is this the tactical suit? Yeah, because it looks, think yeah, about it. Yeah, it does kind of look like that. He's got a cowl on through this most of this movie. The and goggles then he gets, look just like. The, the goggles look, it's like this tactical, like, militaristic metal looking suit that we've seen, you know, some of these images of. So maybe. Maybe it is. Maybe. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? It uh, yeah, because <laughs> the other one didn't look at the shape of the eyes. They're this, not, and then right so- next, yeah. Look, okay, I'm at minute, uh, I'm second thirty six. You can see the tactical suit, and right next you to it is the, the normal cowl. So you think so, they throw the cowl over that? No, I don't think no. they put the cowl over that. Oh, maybe, maybe that's what it is. So you think that this isn't the armored suit that he wears later? I don't on think film. it's the armored suit. No, look at the eyes; they're very circular. They're not the square cut eyes that he gets later on in the film with that yeah. armor suit. I don't think this is the armored suit and I don't think it's an underlayer of the armor suit. You think suit. this is a tactical suit? In I think League? it probably is a tactical suit, but also I don't know what the underside of the regular cowl is. I don't know if it has circuitry or, or a layer of armor on there. Or if it is just like really tough Christian Bale graphite. I don't know. I don't know. I like that you pointed <laughs> that out though because I, I didn't kind of question that, but then I, I decided not to jot that down. Really? Well, Missed Opportunity Mark. Mm-hmm. That's your new nickname. <laughs> Zack Snyder playing that long game. Yeah. Hey, I wouldn't put, put it past him. Yeah. Mm. That would be kind of cool. All right. So sorry about my... No, you're good. Let's uh, get on with it. Yeah, this takes place uh, the very next day after he confronts that human trafficker. Because Alfred says, so last night was productive. Is it the very next day or is it like, you know, just a couple hours night. later? Well... Last night, so I don't know what but time it was of day at, it is. It was at night. Oh, so you th- okay? So right now, well, we're underground. We don't know what time of day it is. Yeah, it's but he is wearing like, a suit, so he probably came back from waiting financial, from taking a nooner. Yeah, <laughs> and him as well. That's how close him and Superman are. They both take half days. Yeah, at the same day. Yeah, it's all connected. Oh man, you might um, be right. So Batman says, "No, he's too low level. He knew nothing." Um. But then he says, this is the man who knows things. It brings up a computer with some screenshots of a certain person. We'll get to who that is. But, or actually, no, I guess we'll just j- jump right into it. You want to jump right into it? Yeah. Anatoly 
recognize it. Good old Mr. Cool Sunglasses guy. Yeah. He's got a name. <laughs> and his name is Anatoly Knaizev. Um, A.K.A. The old KGBs. KGBs. There we go. We finally, we finally announced it. Who this guy is. The cat is out of the bag. Yeah. It's played by Kellen Mulvey. He's the first actor ever to be in both the MCU and the DCU. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, it, it'll be Laura Lovan, who's the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge fan of this guy's tattoos, I'm going to be honest. You, did you look up what they meant? No, it's probably just Russian stuff. Oh, it's like, like gang member stuff, man. That's uh, why they're on the screen. Yeah, but they look pretty it's like cool. Russian gangs, Russian uh, K- K- KGB assassin. His name is cool. I like the name Anatoly. Uh, yeah, Russian names that start with A, yeah, they sound pretty cool. Like Anya. An- Anastasia. Anastasia. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, really cool. Names. Yeah, I had, I had questions about his tattoos because I know one of them is of the St. Basil's or St. Basil's Cathedral in Moscow mm-hmm. or Moscow, however you pronounce it. Um, and I think what's cool about that is that it looks like on the uh, bottom of it, it says KGB. So mm-hmm. um, so that's a hint to the KGB. Um, but there's another one. It sort of looks like a face with a cross on the top, but I couldn't figure out what that was about. Um, so it definitely looked like he had some tattoos that meant something. Yeah. Wasn't well, it in like Russia, like everyone has to be Christian or something? And that's why a lot of Russians come here to America so they can like finally convert to like judaism and stuff maybe i don't know and there's probably i mean listeners definitely go ahead and um like send in what the tattoos mean because i just have like a rough explanation for them um i know that in like uh like the kgb and and all that and and like russian gangs and stuff like that the tattoos mean mean stuff um and most of them, okay, so Rebecca, the one with the cross on him, I am not entirely sure who that is, but there is a, um, what was her name? St. Saint, uh, Saint Mary, but that's usually with like St. Mary and, and Jesus, or um, mm-hmm. I think they call it um, Madonna with child, which is, mm. it's not Madonna with child, but like, that's like the Russian for the St. Mary, so I don't know if this is a St. Mary tattoo, and that usually is... Um, uh, so sig- it signifies that there was a they had a criminal lifestyle when they were a child. Hmm. Um, oh, there's a lot of skulls with crowns on them, and um, the skulls indicate that you're you you've done you've done m- murder <laughs> in the past. There has been a murder. Yeah, and the crown means that you're typically like a boss of like hmm. some sort of crime family or organization and stuff. So he he does oh. have there's two skulls with crowns on them. Uh, we see in here so there's tattoos are, is a mean of status yeah definitely especially in the criminal world mm-hmm. so like underneath the cathedral the moscow there's a skull with a crown and two wings on it um i am assuming that's supposed to mean that he's a boss or something and then churches also mean or like some sort of like like mosques and, and whatnot churches are supposed is to this be like listed in like the tattoo gang dictionary yeah the very one <laughs> um that's supposed to mean like you're a prisoner yeah. Or uh, you were a prisoner. You, you've done time in the clink, mm. uh, if you will. Interesting. Um, but then, like, on the way, all the way to the far right, that's a skull with a crown on it. And it's a very detailed skull, but it's, like, it's li- it's it's horizontal. It's not like a, you know what I mean? Yeah. You can see it. There's a lot of information. That's somewhat information. Really? Um, a good job, Nate. Kind of. I uh, did, what is it? So the first appearance of KG Beast was in Batman number 417. Um, and a fun fact in the comics, he's actually like, he has one arm that's replaced by a gun. But that kind of seems a little... I remember seeing this movie and thinking like, oh, where's his gun arm? Like, Really? Yeah, oh yeah. That was a big thing for me. Um, I had an action figure where he had a gun arm and it was... You had an action figure of KG Beast? Yeah, but I didn't know it was KG Beast for the longest time. I feel like a kid should not know that. No, <laughs> and I probably do should you, find the the action figure. Do I do do what? Uh, do you think that that's why in this film he has that? Uh, what is it? A, like a blowtorch? What is that thing that that he uses? Um, the flamethrower. Uh, the flamethrower. Yeah. I, do you, do you kinda, think maybe that's sort of hinting at sort of the the gun arm? 
Yeah, I'm I'm assuming that's yes. the most realistic one because like I mean having a gun arm that's like out of left field. That's a little wild. <laughs> especially for like Zack Snyder's tone. But um I I have theories about the flamethrower itself. Um yes, cuz there is yeah, he does have a flamethrower on his arm. So like yeah, that's that's probably it. But he also in The Dark Knight um they use like the M60 like towards the end of the movie and like that kind of has like a call towards like it's supposed to be an M60, but it's a flamethrower. And then there's things about it that will get there. But to answer your question, yeah, the flamethrower is probably a call to the to the gun arm. So maybe a way to please fans. I would say yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so the KGB was a KGB assassin, obviously, um, turned supervillain once they disbanded. Is that a thing <laughs> the KGB did? I don't know. Um, and he's got a gun replacing his left arm. Uh, so it comes from the story, The Ten Knights of the Beast. Um, that was the Batman story. It's a and cool that was title. Like a big, yeah, it, if you haven't gotten around to reading it, I would suggest doing so. It was pretty good. Um, I think that's that's all. I just kind of quickly jotted down. Something that's beast. really interesting, because um, I never noticed the connection until just now doing this minute, um, but... I always wondered how Batman went from interrogating some guy who's trafficking um, Asian women to like, all right, KG Beast and the white Portuguese. And I never knew how that guy connected to the big plot of this film. And it says it right here. Um, now that I can analyze it, this guy specializes in weapons and human trafficking. So mm. it says that. Yeah, it says, um, what does it says? Uh, he contracts all over the globe, but he's based out of the port of Gotham. Uh, weapons and human trafficking. Okay. So I guess what I guess they what the guy was doing, the human trafficker in week four, what he was doing was not related to the Lex plot, but he did work for uh, Anatoly Knizev. So by interrogating that guy, he gets a name out of this guy. Um, because I guess the white Portuguese is trying to get to the port of Gotham. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. So by interrogating that guy, he gets the name of KG beast. Um, and then that explains all that. So that was to me like a huge breakthrough for me. Cause I never understood how he goes from beating up some criminal to like getting the, the whole kryptonite thing. And maybe it was a thing that would just wasn't, you know, explained well enough in uh, see, and I, I hate ragging on it, but maybe it's just one of those things that was explained well enough in the theatrical cut. Because I kind of remember feeling like um, <clears throat> what where the detective side of Batman was in this movie, and uh, like this is definitely like right in your face. Like this is he, it. But, he's um, extremely. He's still the like the great detective and whatnot. But as someone else said it once, it's like it's not. Um, it's not that it's not there. It's that he's choosing to be a detective for the wrong things. Sure. Instead of using his detective skills to go after uh, the plot of Lex Luthor, yeah. he's using the detective skills to get at Superman, which is like, you know, just because he's the world's greatest detective doesn't mean that he can't uh, be in the wrong or like aiming in the wrong direction with it. I know. So I get you. You don't got to convince me man i was convincing our listeners <laughs> <laughs> there um but i think that's about it for me on this one Whew. it's a big episode it was a trip yeah. <laughs> did we miss anything probably did it okay yes yeah, <laughs> probably true <laughs> rebecca did you have any notes uh left for minute number 29 uh no that i i guess that's it i just thought it was interesting we get information about uh, anatoly's birthday uh, and his i guess passport i kind of like looking at those things because i like that they think those things through uh his passport i guess expires on july 14th 2020 but i, I guess he doesn't uh, maybe have to worry about that uh we'll, we'll have to see we'll that have to would... see if he if he gets to renew his passport what's the date at the bottom july not wait 2015 oh that's when the that's when it expires. The it, it, I think the 2015 date is when he get, got it issued. 
So the issue date is July 17th, 2015. Okay. And his expiration date is July 14th, 2020. So I like to look at those things. They they think those things through. Does anybody know what like the mock BA slash M and the M&M mean? I don't M&Ms. know. Russian. His favorite candy is M&M's and he does a really <laughs> good uh, Mockingbird impression of Bam Margera. That did. seems right. Yeah. That's what. That's the information that you're supposed to have like on a Bam passport, Margera. right? <laughs> it just. Mark- um, <laughs> I wonder if the the date is special in any way. Seven seventeen two thousand fifteen. Uh, we'll I have to pro- look probably. That up. I was looking up. I was looking up things. Well, there's what? What did I say his first appearance was? Um, oh man, I had oh uh Batman four seventeen, but it was in nineteen eighty eight. Hmm. We'll have to leave that one out. I don't know. Open-ended. If you guys haven't read anything, there's um, the really good um, um, uh, John Romita Jr. and um, Scott Snyder, I want to say, uh, the the All-Star Batman run that's going on mm-hmm. right now. Um, fantastic book. But KG Beast was uh, one of the main villains in the very beginning there. I don't. I stopped reading it, so I don't remember if like I don't know if they kept on continuing it. Well, don't spoil it anyway. I'm not spoiling it anything. I'm just saying like if you guys like, there's a really good rendition of KG Beast in that book. So uh, so if you like KG Beast, you like KG Beast, but you don't like the KGB. Also, making sure John Romita Jr. has (laughs) is doing really good on on Batman in that sense. Yeah. Cool. Alrighty. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. If you love everything you heard, don't forget to find us on all social media at DCEUNIT. And you can join us and some of our other guests and listeners on the Facebook group, uh, DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. And we'll catch you tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.